The prophetic message you are about to hear is part of a great communication from the divine. It is a new message from God for our time. The new message is contained within a series of sacred texts which address nearly every aspect of our lives. Many of these texts can be found at newmessage.org, home of the new message. There you will also find important messages from Marshall Vian Summers, the individual who is receiving this great gift for humanity. The new message from God is not part of any existing religious tradition. It comes anew with God's blessing and intention for humanity at this time and for the times to come. The new message is here to bring confirmation to your soul, resolution to your mind, and direction to your life. Yet be prepared. The new message may challenge many of your beliefs and assumptions and the beliefs and assumptions of your culture. It is appropriate that a new message from God would do so. Around the world, love is held to be in the highest esteem as the pinnacle of human experience. Love is sung about in songs, written about in poetry. It is exalted in great literature. It is bandied about in normal conversation. People claim they are in love that love is the ultimate, that all you need in the world is love and everything will work out just fine. But very few people understand what love really is. And very few people have experienced love at a deeper level, beyond a fascination, uh, beyond infatuation and attachment. Few people have experienced the real power and current of love. In addition, many people associate certain kinds of behaviors, beliefs and attitudes with love. Gentleness and passivity are associated with love. Peace and harmony are associated with love. But really, what is this deeper love? Not a love that is simply a fixation, an infatuation or an attachment, but a deeper kind of love that is redemptive, that emanates from a deeper place within the individual. And beyond this, what is God's love? The love of God. Is this merely an infatuation, a fixation or an attachment? Most people will say no, but they are unclear what the love of God really means and how this love is expressed and how it can be translated into the world effectively. 
So, today we will speak on love. The greater love that lives within each individual and the greater love of God. That is the sum of all love in the universe and is the source of all real love everywhere, in this world and in the greater community of worlds. And we shall speak about what God's new message for the world teaches about love. For there is a new message from God in the world, and love is part of its message. It is necessary here to begin by saying what love is not. Love is not fascination. Love is not fixation. Love is not attachment. Love is not romance, where you are infatuated or taken with someone else's appearance or some aspect of their personality. It is not idolatry, where you idolize someone, you worship someone, even a deity, even a messenger, even God. For these do not represent a real relationship, a working a relationship, a relationship of united wills. Love is not a behavior, an attitude, a mannerism. It is not etiquette. It is not convention. Love may express itself in many different ways, softly or forcibly. Love can appear meek. Love can appear strong. Love can challenge you. Love can criticize you. Love can expose your illusions, your fantasies, and your self-deception. Love is not what people really mean when they talk about love in nearly all circumstances. Love is a deeper power that moves people to do things that are different from their ideas, their beliefs, and their sense of obligation. Love is something beyond the love you hear about in conversation. In fact, it is better to demonstrate love than to talk about it. For real love is demonstrated. It is what moves people to change their life, to refocus their priorities, to associate with something deeper and more profound within themselves. It is something that has the power to override human ambition, human selfishness, human grievance, and all partisan beliefs and attitudes 
religious ideology. For love is not bound by these things. It is only restrained, held back or hidden by these things. But love moves on its own accord, being associated with the deeper knowledge that God has placed within each person. For you see, you are born with two minds, a mind to think with and a mind to know. The mind that you think with is a product of all of your social conditioning. It is a product of being in the world. It is an accumulation of ideas, associations, and patterns of thinking that you have been learning since the day you were born. Much of this is useful, and some of it is hazardous and dangerous to you. Suddenly you have had to learn how to survive in the world, how to survive physically, how to survive socially, how to participate within a family environment, within a culture, or perhaps within a religious framework. You have had to learn how to communicate your ideas and feelings. You have had to learn what society has told you you have to learn. As we have said, some of this is useful and important, and some of it is hazardous and not in your best interests. But you were born with a deeper mind, the mind of knowledge. This mind does not think like your intellect thinks. It sees and it knows. It is not what people think of when they talk about the subconscious mind. That is more associated with your worldly mind or intellect. This deeper mind is not subject to conditioning in the world. It is not patterned or conditioned by the world. It is not threatened or intimidated by the world. As this deeper mind is called knowledge in the new message, because it is related to the experience of direct knowing, the experience of affinity, the experience of true recognition, and the experience of true relationship. A real love emanates from knowledge. It, in essence, is the expression of knowledge. When knowledge moves you to do something, perhaps something you were never planning to do, something you don't understand, something that flies in the face of your plans and goals and ambitions, this expresses love because you are expressing the will of God, which is the love of God. For God's love is not separate from God's will. God does not think like your intellect thinks, happy one day, sad the next, happy with this, angry with that cruel and punishing over those who make mistakes or who live in error. This is not God. 
This is the human mind projecting a human mind onto God. And projecting onto God human feelings and grievances. It is all a projection of the human mind. But God is beyond all this. And the love and will of God is beyond all this. So if you live in your personal mind, or what you could call your surface mind, well, all your notions of God are associated with your personal mind. You think God is just a super-personality, a huge, gigantic intellect, but an intellect that is subject to fear and anxiety, to hatred and recrimination, to judgment and punishment, to fixed ideas, uh, to righteousness and heresy. This is a God that people think thinks like them, acts like them, behaves like them. But when you think about what God really is, well, God of the greater community, God of all intelligent life in the universe, uh, certainly a God of the universe, of the greater community, uh, cannot be conditioned by human uh, beliefs, human attitudes, human emotions, human social conventions, and all of the petty things that keep humanity in a primitive and undeveloped state. God is God as the greater community, then God is the author of countless forms of intelligent life, of countless worlds where intelligent life has evolved. God is the author of evolution. God is the author and source of the expansion of the universe. God is the author of all scientific truth. God is the creator of countless races of beings who do not look like you, think like you, or have your value system. God is the author of nature, which functions within the world and beyond the world, and within all worlds in this universe and beyond. At all levels of manifestation, This is a God so great that it transcends all theological ideas, religious systems of belief, religious organizations. It is better to set aside your ideas of God and to follow what God has placed within you to follow. To see what God has placed within you to see, to hear what God has placed within you to hear. Only here can you experience God and experience your relationship with God. And ultimately, if you are successful in following the power and presence of knowledge within yourself, you will discover God's will for you in this life in this world at this time.
because you cannot understand God. It also means you cannot understand God's will. It also means you cannot understand God's love. It's the love of God. But you can experience these things because God has given you a deeper, greater mind. It's the mind of knowledge. You can speculate, you can theorize, you can establish elaborate systems of thought, elaborate mental constructions. But if you cannot experience the movement of knowledge in your life, the wisdom of knowledge in your life, which is giving you counsel all along, counsel which you cannot hear, counsel which you do not respond to, because your attention is fixated on the suffer, on your intellect and on your perception of the world. If you can't feel this deeper movement, well, God is foreign to you. God is an idea which you can either accept or set aside. God has placed an expression of God's will and love within you, deep within you, deep beneath the intellect, a will and love you cannot control, you cannot dominate, you cannot use it to gain wealth, power, or influence. You can only submit it, you can only follow it and learn from it and carry out what it gives you to do to re-establish your life, to rebuild your mind, to rebuild your health, to refocus your life, to re-establish a greater set of priorities for yourself, and with them a greater opportunity for relationship with others. It is this greater love that is so far beyond and distinct from the love you hear about in conversation. People say, I love this, I love him, I love her, I love this food, I love this place, I love your dress, I love nature, I love the woods, I love the ocean. Real love is something beyond us, yes. The real love that moves you to give your life, that refocuses your life, that tells you you are an error, that confronts you with the fact that your life has been misspent and you are trying to take it in a direction which is not its true direction. This is love. The love that keeps orienting you towards your greater purpose for coming into the world, regardless of your plans and goals. The love that does not change. The love that does not adapt to your wishes. This is the love. At times it is confronting and challenging, and you feel it is just too much. And at times it is comforting and reassuring, and you welcome it and are so glad it exists, that it is true. 
This is the great love. The love of God and the love of God that has been placed in you, in knowledge within you, in the deeper mind within you. This deeper mind is here on a mission, it is here on a purpose, for you have come into the world on a mission for a purpose, to do specific things with specific people. And knowledge within you is trying to take you there, aim you in the right direction, so you can make your rendezvous with these certain individuals and to find the circumstances, the environment, where your greater purpose can emerge, can be activated. While people are making elaborate plans and are really enforcing what they are doing and what they believe, knowledge within them is trying to take them somewhere. Therefore, never think that people are always in the right place doing what they should be doing. It's not true. It's just an excuse. It's kind of a way that people say to, to make things okay, to make things all right. When in fact their life is miscast. They are not where they need to be. They are functioning at a level that does not represent their greater purpose for coming here. Or they are circumscribed by poverty or political oppression, where they are locked in place and cannot find another way. But God's love is still resident within them. It will never give up. It is not like your intellect in its shifting desires, in its changing beliefs, in its confusion, in its radical ideas, its fundamentalism. The only thing really fundamental within you is knowledge, because it is the only thing that is permanent within you. And this knowledge is not circumscribed by religious ideology or by nationalistic passion. cannot be used as a weapon. It cannot be used to oppress others. It cannot be used to divide and conquer. Knowledge can only be followed. It cannot be used. The mind must serve spirit. It is not the other way around. People want God to do things for them as if God is their servant. People want God to protect them from danger or catastrophe. They want God to deliver what they want for themselves. It's that God is kind of a, uh, it is like a servant. It's just where the mind wants spirit to serve the mind. The intellect wants God to serve and reinforce the intellect. Or oh, this is completely backwards. This is upside down. For in truth, your body is meant to serve your mind, and your mind is meant to serve your spirit or knowledge, and knowledge is here to serve God. That is the true hierarchy of your being. That is the only arrangement where your integrity can be experienced and established. 
where you can find union within yourself. Ultimately here everything serves God. Because if the body serves the mind and the mind serves the spirit and the spirit serves God, well, everything serves God. But to gain this integrity, to gain this inner harmony, this union of all of aspects of yourself, requires a great preparation. A preparation you cannot invent for yourself. A preparation that is not some kind of eclectic approach, where you take what you like from this tradition and what you like from that, and you kind of patch it all together, based upon your preferences. This is merely using the spirit to substantiate the mind. It is incorrect from beginning to end. Knowledge will take you somewhere you could not take yourself. Knowledge will take you beyond your fears and your preferences, because all preferences are based on fear, the fear of not having, the fear of being wrong, the fear of losing, the fear of death. In this world, there is much that has been accomplished in religion and spirituality. If you could understand the evolution of life in other worlds, you would see how much humanity has achieved, despite its many errors. You would see that religion in this world has actually gone very far. You would see that other more technologically advanced races have lost all their religion, all their understanding of spirituality. They've become much more mechanical, much more rigid, based upon ideas, based upon their science, based upon their political dictates and social structure. Do not think that religion in this world is a big mistake. It is actually the only thing that humanity has to offer the greater community at this point. What has been achieved in terms of personal freedom and spiritual awareness is actually very good in light of your position in the universe as a whole. And this is an important understanding because humanity's future will be in the greater community. And whether you will remain a free and self-determined race will be determined by your interactions with the greater community. What is love? Love is the movement of knowledge. Or said in other words, love is the will of God expressing itself through you. Here love is associated with inspiration where the mind is infused with spirit, where the mind yields to spirit, where the mind is directed by spirit. Sometimes this happens spontaneously. Sometimes this happens at a time when you are extremely disappointed and you hear something within yourself that provides hope when you feel hopeless.
But to gain access to knowledge, to take the steps to knowledge, requires a very focused approach. And this approach must be given by God, because only God knows how you can reconnect your thinking mind and the deeper mind with knowledge within you. There is much for your intellect to do and to consider, and even its great skills have not really been cultivated fully within people. But in this matter, you must receive the grace of God, which is the love of God. Your life is lost, you don't know who you are or what you are doing, and you find you come to a point of disappointment where you realize that this is actually your condition and has been your condition all along. And God sends you the steps to knowledge. You may wish that God would give you a new job, a new relationship, a nicer body, or God will rid you of your difficulties. That's just what people want God to do for them. God sends them what can redeem them, not what they want. What they want will only perpetuate their condition, their disassociation, will only prevent them from gaining the opportunity to gain access to knowledge. So, God in God's love gives what is needed for redemption. It is only when you realize that getting more of what you want will not make a difference that you will turn to knowledge. It is only when your plans for personal fulfillment are shown to be weak and fallible and unfulfilling that you will turn to knowledge. Here profound disappointment is extremely important and holds a great opportunity for you. But Extreme disappointment is what everyone wants to avoid. So they keep trying to plan and scheme and focus their life to get as they want. And the predicament is only deepened. Knowledge is speaking to them all along, but they cannot hear. They are not open to that. They want what they want. It's driven by fear and preference. And so love is unknown to them. Love is what gives them what they want. Love is what looks good. Love is what feels good in the moment. And as a result, people's notion of love becomes the source of their addiction. And love becomes kind of an addiction. You must have this person. You must live in this place. You must have this food. You must have this pleasure. You must have this drug. God's love is the movement of knowledge within you. For this movement is moving you in the direction of your redemption 
and your fulfillment in the world. To find this redemption and fulfillment, you must be freed from those relationships and those obligations that are keeping you locked in your life. Redemption is not something you just simply add on to your life. It is just another thing you are managing in your life. It is not simply an addition. It is your life. Everything that knowledge moves you to do, whether it be urging you to avoid something or urging you towards something, is all aimed towards your redemption. And your redemption means that you have connected your thinking mind with knowledge. That is a redemption. That is the beginning of a real promise for you. You are not a redeemed to God. You have never been separated from God. God has no anger toward you. You have placed yourself in exile. You have entered a reality where God is not known, where God is forgotten, where God is about idolatry and belief and ritual. What redeems you is taking the steps to knowledge, connecting mind to spirit, your thinking mind with the real power of knowledge within you. Not your beliefs about spirit or spirituality or religion, but with the reality. Many people cannot differentiate between their beliefs and reality. They think their beliefs are reality. What I believe is what is real, they say. What I believe is the truth, they say. What I believe is God's will, they say. And yet, the more adamant they are, the more it demonstrates that they are not yet connected to knowledge. They have not yet been redeemed. The intellect must yield to what God has placed within you. What God has placed within you is the will and plan of God for your life, which is connected to the will and plan of God for all life, within this world, beyond this world, throughout the greater community of worlds in the universe in which you live. It's so big. When you see how big it is, you realize that your thoughts are never going to contain it or define it. But knowledge within you is completely uniform. It is in complete harmony with knowledge within everyone else. And that is why it is the great peacemaker in the world. Any real peace that has been fostered and established has come from knowledge. Otherwise, peace agreements are really economic or political arrangements to sustain war and conflict. Uh, no peace has really been established. Peace is the result of people 
recognizing and connecting with each other. Not simply trading over a boundary, not simply looking at each other from a distance, but learning to recognize and to communicate and relate to each other. With the growing population of the world, as it is now, you have a great possibility to establish human unity, a great necessity to establish human unity. Living in a world of diminishing resources, this growing population will have to unite for its own survival. The very condition of scarcity you are creating creates the greater impetus for human unity. This is all the work of knowledge. God does not will that humanity have an overpopulated world, a world of diminishing resources, but knowledge will continue to move people towards their redemption regardless of the circumstances. Even if you create a nightmare scenario in the world, knowledge within you and others will move you towards redemption. God then is not the author of what you think and do. God is the author of your redemption. God is the source of a greater purpose that has brought you and every other person into the world. And anyone who can recover the ancient memory will experience the power and the authority of God. And anyone who can take the steps to knowledge, to bring knowledge into their awareness, will experience the love of God. Love is like the air you breathe. You take it for granted, you never think about it, but you need it every moment. Love is here. Can you experience it? Knowledge is in you. It is quiet. And it is also giving you counsel. Can you feel it? Can you hear it? Are you willing to go to it with your hands open? without demands, without beliefs, just go to it. I go to God. You go to God. What does God will for me? What must I do in this situation? Should I be with this person? Yes or no. Should I go to this place? Yes or no. Should I engage in this activity? Yes or no. Everything was simple, no deals, no compromise as well. I'll do a little of, I'll give a little of this if God gives a little of that. I'll make a deal with God. No deals. You are either open to guidance or you're not. You are either willing to put in doubt what you think you want for yourself or you're not. It does not mean that you surrender yourself to God. That happens perhaps much later. This is just a little opening, a little willingness. 
a beginning. You have to begin as a beginner. You can simply leap into a mature state in your relationship with God. You have to take the steps. And God provides the steps. Love is the movement of knowledge within you. Knowledge is the greater intelligence that God has placed within you to guide, to protect, and to lead you to the discovery of your greater purpose in this world at this time. Everything else that causes of love is just a parade. It has no devotion in it. It has no wisdom in it. It is without substance. Life will not support it. That is why people fall in love, begin a relationship, and then find out in the relationship if they can even be in a relationship, which often they cannot. So where is the love? What is the love here? Just an initial fascination? An attachment to something you think is going to save you? Or make you what you want to be? People grow old. They lose their beauty. They lose their charm. Life confronts you with difficulties and requirements. You must produce. You must work. You must deal with adversity. What happened to the love back there at the beginning that was so ecstatic and wonderful? Then what people think was love becomes kind of a survival arrangement or convenience. There is a greater love. There is the great love. The love that God has placed within you. It was in every person waiting to be discovered, waiting to be expressed and experienced. This love does not have only one appearance. It is not associated with a certain kind of behavior or etiquette. It is not a social convention. This love will pull you away from danger. This love will challenge your thinking and your attitudes. This love will show you that your life is going nowhere. This love will move you to go one way when you want to go another. This love will restrain you. This love will redirect you. This is a great love. This is the real thing. Even if you are all alone in life, if you can feel the movements of knowledge, you will feel the love of God.
you will not understand it, you will not be sure what it is taking you, you will not be sure what it means, but if you can follow it, you will experience it. And step by step, increment by increment, it will move your life into a different position and open a greater opportunity for you. Here you must practice patience and forbearance. You must suspend judgment and delay your need for conclusions. Because you need to receive from God before you can give what God has given you to give, you must receive from God. You must let God redeem your life. Some people think that the redemption is just assuming a belief system. I've redeemed because I now believe. But this is not the redemption. Belief is weak and fallible. It has to be constantly reinforced. It does not have the power of knowledge. It is a human invention. You have to have faith in knowledge within yourself. But even here, you realize that knowledge is greater than your understanding. And where knowledge is taking you is beyond your current awareness. If you can follow, you can find. If you can find, you can fulfill. If you can fulfill, you can express. This is the great love. And the need for this great love is immense. Look in the world around you. So many people, so much difficulty, so much danger, with greater danger threatening on the horizon, where is the great love? In your life, with all of your busyness and activities, your preoccupations, your concerns, your grievances, your fixations, where is the great love? The great love that stirs you and moves you and connects you. This is what you must receive, is the love of God, which is the movement of knowledge. This is how God will redeem you. You have been trying to redeem yourself, but this is how God will redeem you. You take everything you are doing in life and you ask yourself fundamentally, is this what I really need to be doing? Every relationship, is this relationship helping me? Is it important for me now? Everything. And you have a deeper sense of it coming from knowledge, way deep inside of you. Perhaps it'll be a feeling, perhaps it'll be an image, perhaps the answer will come a week from now. You have to keep asking and listening. You're asking for the great love. To redeem you, to reunite you and to put you in a position where your greater gifts can be realized and given to the world. And this requires that you be in certain circumstances, associated with certain people, in certain environments. If you are not in the right environment with the right people, well, the discovery will not take place.
where you are physically is very important in this regard. Who you are with is very important in this regard. If your realization is going to happen in a particular city, in regarding certain people there, and you are not in that city, well, how will the discovery take place? Even if you are in the right place, how are you going to find the right people? You can't figure this out. This is too big for the intellect. Only knowledge can take you there. Knowledge can bring two people from opposite ends of the world together for a greater purpose. That is the power of the great love. And the great love is what the world needs now.